Welcome to Disrupting Leadership, where we redefine leadership for a post-pandemic era. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Myers, founder of Evolve the Leadership Evolution, where we help leaders accomplish all of their goals without negatively impacting their quality of life. I'm an Air Force veteran, mother of three young, beautiful children, and have a PhD in organizational development and leadership. Welcome to all my evolutionary leaders. So today I am so excited to bring you the amazing, the incredible, the beautiful, the wonderful Abby Trobich. I am just ecstatic to have her on here. She actually was like, can I be, can I be interviewed on your podcast? I'm like, yes, you need to be <laughs> uh, because she is amazing. I've had the distinct privilege of working with you for what now? We're probably almost closing a year. in on a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's been a client in a couple of our programs and just a great colleague as well. I mean, you are such an incredible person to just chat with, to discuss with, and I know that all of you that are listening to this right now will feel that energy and that enthusiasm that she just exudes. So Abby, welcome, and if you could please introduce yourself to our audience. Sure, sure. I am so glad to be here, Erin. My name is Abby Trowbridge. I am a lifelong resident of Louisville, Kentucky, and so proud to be so. Um, I uh, attended school all in Louisville. In fact, I attended school all in the same zip code from preschool all the way through graduate school. I went to Bellarmine University where I majored in English literature, and I um, later attended the Presbyterian Seminary here in Louisville and uh, got my graduate degree there. I have a husband and a 14-year-old son and a beagle and an ornery orange tabby cat. I love it. And what do you do now, Abby? Yes. So I do a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is I am the director of sales at Vitality Living St. Matthews. We are an assisted living community. We um, provide assisted living and independent living options here right smack in the middle of Louisville. Um, it's an amazing community of residents and staff. Um, really, really happy to be here. The other thing that I do is I am the owner and CEO of Half Acre Transitions for Seniors. It's a consulting firm for families who are transitioning a loved one to a higher level of senior care. And we help folks make courageous, informed decisions under difficult circumstances. That's just incredible. I know you have so much heart and passion that you just give out to everybody that you support, whether, you know, it's in your nine to five or helping, you know, family members who are transitioning their aging parents or spouses or whoever, whatever the case may be. It is just such a beautiful and wonderful thing that you provide. And I thank you for that. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it's an honor to be able to do this work, both my types of work. Um, I just, I feel so lucky every day. Well, and you went quite on a wild, crazy path from English literature to, Absolutely. <laughs> to senior care. Absolutely. Yeah. And I went into seminary thinking I was going to come out an Episcopal priest. That didn't happen. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I ended up uh, following a different path. And really one of the, the major themes I think of my life since then has been um, trusting enough to follow a path that I can't really see around the corner Every time I've gone around a bend in my path that I, I couldn't see around, something wonderful is waiting on the other side. Um, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. I love that. Okay, I'm going to use that and we're going to segue 
from okay. that <laughs> statement there because that just, I feel like it represents leadership in so many different ways. Yeah. How many times as leaders, you know, whether official or unofficial, do we feel that way? We just don't know what's coming around the corner and how do we react and how do we remain agile and adaptable? Yeah. So I'd love your take on that, Abby. How how has that kind of lesson of your life helped you be a better leader? We, you are so right, Erin. It's a huge piece of being a leader, and uh, you know, our the folks that we lead look to us for some guidance. They want confirmation. They also want to know what's around the corner, and it's hard when we have to go back to them and lead them from a place of I don't exactly know where we're going. Well, there was never a more, I don't know where we're going place than COVID, especially in long-term care. You know, it just seemed like every day there was new guidance. Every day we're wearing a mask. Every day we're not wearing a mask. Every day we're, you know, like uh, hermetically sealing ourselves so that we (laughs) can come in contact with other human beings, you know. So um, I, I think it's incredibly important. I think between that and you mentioned it too, flexibility. Flexibility is so important. Um, it is a big lesson that I had to learn over the last few years, um, just being able to pivot, you know, things when things come your way. And I'm so glad it was hard lessons. Those were hard lessons because they were hard times uh, for everybody. But I'm so grateful for that, for that skill as well. That's taken definitely some practice for sure. Abby, are you open to sharing some of the stressful situations you were in during COVID? If not, we'll cut this part. Nope, I am. Absolutely. Um, when COVID began, I was the director of pastoral care at a uh, nursing home here in Louisville. And um, just like everywhere else, it, it took us by storm. All of a sudden, our residents are secluded in their rooms. You know, residents who all through our education, we've been taught must have interaction, must have attention, must, you know, must interact with each other and feel active and useful and part of things. And so, you know, we were constantly trying to figure out how to make that happen for them. A huge piece of what I did was um, was sitting at the bedside of folks who had COVID, um, several of those who, who ended up passing away from COVID. Um, and you know, it was a strange experience because in seminary, we learn how to sit at the bedside and hold space for the family, but especially in those first cases, the folks that I was, you know, during our first outbreak, which was late May, um, family members weren't even allowed in. And so, you know, I was, I was representing them too. So, um, as, as hard as that was, there were some of the most beautiful, miraculous moments uh, during that time, um, I remember uh, one time doing uh, last rites for a gentleman. He was allowed to have one family member in the room. So he had his daughter in the room with him. We had three different iPads set up around the room with folks in different cities and different states. And there were a, a gaggle of folks right outside the window who also had their phone going so they could hear what was happening. None of those people, you know, might have been there for that if this if all these circumstances hadn't come together in that moment, it was one of the most beautiful moments. Um, I did a lot of video phone calls and I remember taking the iPad into a gentleman who was, um, he was, he was very close to the end of his life and his son wanted to call him and see him. So I took the iPad in and I held it up and the son was outside, which I thought was curious. And he said, dad, I know you love to drive in the convertible. So we're going to drive today. 
and he took the iPad and he set it in the seat next to him in the convertible and he drove with the radio on for like 20 minutes. And I just sat there and just thought how grateful I was to be able to be present uh, for those amazing moments that people figured out how to do out of love. Um, The other piece of that was for me personally, I watched um, our staff struggle. I mean, I, I remember days walking down the hall where there were staff members sitting on the ground crying in the hallway they were just so overwhelmed at home, at work. They were so tired. They were scared. Everybody was scared. And I just remember wanting to do more and feeling like I, as much as I love my role as, as pastoral care purveyor, I didn't feel like I had enough ability to make a difference for them. Um, and so uh, after that, I went and started training to do um, more leadership roles in long-term care and became a director of programs at a different nursing home, trained there in leadership, really good, tons of really good lessons still in COVID. And, um, and that's also where I completed my administrator and training, uh, training and, um, and uh, got my licensure to be uh, an administrator in a healthcare facility. It was interesting because like right in the middle of it, I remember, I remember thinking we had the most wonderful administrator. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not her. I wouldn't know what to do. And then a year later, I'm training to do that job. But it was just one of those bends in the road, you know? I got chills multiple times as you were sharing your stories. Thank you for being open and vulnerable to sharing that experience. Mm -hmm. And so for those leaders that resonate with that high emotional emotionally trying type of role and industry, what advice do you have for how to handle our team members that Mm -hmm. may be dealing with an emotional roller coaster? Sure. I think the first thing in this primary in leadership is being able to manage yourself, being able to manage your own emotions and understand the way you react in certain situations with certain types of people and different personalities, because if you can't do that, then you can't, you can't help them. And it's a, it's a process. You know, I'm, I've got a long way to go still. I've got a lot of learning left to do about who I am, but um, I don't think you can really access, you know, the, the greatest pieces of yourself and the, the greatest, um, leverage of your own staff and your the folks that you lead you can't do that unless you can do that for yourself so i think that's a huge piece the other piece is courage i never thought of myself as somebody who was courageous before um but leadership takes a lot of courage and when i get up in the morning and i think how am i going to do this i just remind myself okay in order to be courageous i have to be scared first I got the first ingredient. I'm ready to go, you know, like time for courage. And so I think that's a huge thing. Just being willing to walk up to those things that you're afraid of and stand toe to toe with them and really look at them so that you can figure out how to move on, how to overcome. Abby, that may be one of the most impactful quotes I have heard in a long time. I'm going to repeat that and correct me if I'm getting any part of it wrong. But in order to be courageous, I have to be scared first. Right? You can't be brave unless you're scared. Right? 
That is so beautiful and wonderful and impactful and inspiring because how many of us just live in fear so frequently? Mm -hmm. And so to remember that and to reframe that fear into, okay, this is the first step in me being courageous. Right. That's a massive mindset shift. It is. It's a huge mindset. It's huge. It's huge. You got to take off your judge's robe and you got to put on your scientist's, your lab coat. And you got to get curious instead of judgmental or, you know, you, you, you do, you just have to get curious and it makes, it makes things so much easier when you say, well, I wonder why that's going on as opposed to that should not be happening. You know? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. That's going to be a quote. I'm going to, I'm going to have to write it up, write it out and put it up on my, you know, bathroom mirror. (laughs) You should be recording this. Oh, wait, you are. Oh, wait, we are. We're good. (laughs) It's also going to be disseminated to the world. So I think we're good. <laughs> what, what was that at? The 13-minute mark? Approximately 13 minutes in. <laughs> well, thank you, Abby, dropping the knowledge already. 13 minutes in. It's wonderful. So, And you said something that, I mean, as, as you probably know, but maybe didn't even realize the connection of what you were saying to that is, is so uh, foundational to my business evolve the leadership evolution, which is you first have to understand yourself in order to be a successful leader. I mean, that's the first step in our Myers method, which is evolve yourself. And so you saying that, I mean, just only reiterated everything that I I stand firm on as well. And I love that, especially because, you know, you're in one of the most emotionally trying industries. Mm hmm. And so if you think about the impact that you can have in one of the most emotionally trying industries, just from learning about yourself, think about the impact that you can have across multiple industries where it can happen that much faster and that much more successfully. Um, Because for you, it's probably a a longer journey with all these trials and tribulations and emotional roller coaster components that you have to go through. The valleys, I'm sure, are really low and the peaks are really high. That's right. That's right. It's true. So you got to have that resilience in there in order to be resilient. You have to understand yourself and understand that you can solve it. You might need to ask for help, but you can solve it. It can be solved. I love it. So one of the first questions that we ask people when we interview them on our podcast is, and you've already really touched on it, but I want to get really concise here for you. What does leadership mean to you, Abby? Leadership is, it's about courage. Nancy Cohn at Harvard Business School describes courage, a courageous leader as an individual who's capable of making themselves better and stronger when the stakes are high and circumstances turn against that person. So how many times in long-term care during these last years were the stakes higher than they'd ever been? Courage is vital in leadership anywhere, but especially in long-term care right now. Being courageous as a leader means, first and foremost, managing your own self. Can't lead anyone else unless you got that piece figured out, which is why I sought you out. I knew I wanted to, I knew I wanted to, you know, up my game, go to the next level. And then I happened to find you and it was, it was just the perfect fit. And, uh, you know, I just, you have to want to be better, you know? All the time. That's such a good point. You have to want to be better. 
You have to take that step up the staircase. I think it's a responsibility as a leader to want to be better. And if you don't, you probably need to look at why you want to be a leader. Have you read the book, Take the Stairs? I have not. It's a good one. I'm writing it's, it down. Uh, yeah, it's by Rory Vaden, R-O-R-Y-V-A-D-E-N. And it is wonderful. So I think you'd really enjoy that. It's kind of everything you just talked about. Seven Steps to Achieving True Success. Okay. Great well, book. I like, I like to take the stairs, so I'll, I'm going to grab the book. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> grab the book. And we'll hashtag this episode with uh, Rory Vaden and see where we get. <laughs> there we go. Good. Perfect. That's perfect. Maybe that can be our next kind of book club workshop. Like we have Atomic Habits that we do where you can do tangible takeaways. Maybe we should do Take the Stairs. Okay. Do it. Yeah. All right. We'll do that as our next one. And then the one after that's going to be Crucial Conversations. Oh, we already do that one. Did you? Girl? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go back and find it. It was in Evolve Yourself. We we didn't call it Crucial Conversations, but um, there was a lot of that in there. Safe spaces there. for fearless mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah, it's based on Crucial Conversations, but mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't do it like a book club, like we did Atomic Habits, or like we would do Take the Stairs. So maybe we will. We'll do it as a separate one. It changed yeah. my life. Well, yes, I love it. I always say that that's that's another book that you have to have on your bookshelf as a leader. Mm-hmm. Like there are. There are books that you just have to be able to grab off the shelf at any given time. Let's see if I can find one right, right away. Oh, here's the one on my desk. Here's this is another good one. You are um, yes, uh, yes, uh huh. I have that mm-hmm. calendar at home. Ashley sent it to me. It's a great one. Yes, it's great. It's great. Yep, I've got some of the pages taped up behind my desk so I can just remember a few little things. There this you one go. Says, Love yourself unless you have a better idea. There's nope. No other idea. <laughs> Drop the mic. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Well, we could probably digress for forever about books and sure. <laughs> how they how they come into play. I always say though, I'm like, how many times? This is why I believe that integration of leadership concepts and theories are so important. How many times do we read a great book? And we're like, this is fantastic. I absolutely have to implement it. And then I set it on my bookshelf. And two years later, I come back and I'm, I'm like, oh, that was a really good book. Did I do? I don't know that I did anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Maybe I need to pick it back up again. And so having the ability to integrate immediately after learning concepts and theories is so incredibly important. So we could, we, we, maybe we should have a conversation about books and integration and have a book club that includes integration. Absolutely. In Praxis. So, you know, like the actual yes. taking action. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, Abby, we, we digress a little bit, but I love I love our ta- our our, uh, our kind of digressions um, as we – I was trying to think of something. A tangent. That's the word I was looking for. I love our tangents because they are always still so relevant when we have those tangents. Which but I want to bring us back center. Mm-hmm. So uh, my next question for you is – do you have any mistakes or lessons learned throughout your life that you would like to share with our audience? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I could just laundry list it. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I think two big ones from this year. Um, one mistake that I've just recently been able to get over was being completely trusting of others. So I used it used to be like a personality thing. It used to be like, I am a trusting person. 
I trust people until they give me a reason not to, right? And that's not really good practice because I found myself going through this same story over and over again. They would let me down from the expectation I had for them. And then I would get resentful. And there is no better way to make a job go from I love it to I can't stand it in like 3.5 seconds than to throw in a dash of resentment, right? And so um, this one actually came to me through coaching with your coaches. Um, you know, really, I, I could I could reflect back and figure out that this is actually what I was doing and that I really need to balance that with a little CYA, right? So trust people, but hold at the same time a little bit of self-care and self-preservation because decisions, sometimes business is just business, right? And people have to make decisions that work for them and it's not about you. And if you are in a place where you're like, I trusted you to do the right thing, you know, that just, it's just a setup sort of for disaster. So that was a huge piece. Um, and since I've been practicing it since then, I have really um, noticed a big difference in the way I feel about work and the way I feel about others and how I interact with them. The other mistake or lesson that I've learned uh, really does tie in with that. Both of them are about moving out of the victim role, right? And empowering yourself. The second one is about wanting things to be just, you know, like I was instilled from a young age with this really um, keen sense of injustice and things should be right and they should be a certain way. But how, how much justice is there in a nursing home resident having to stay alone in their room for weeks on end? Their only contact with others is through a closed window or via FaceTime or with a hermetically sealed worker. Um, you know, we rarely get justice, but it doesn't mean that we can't still work for it. We have to be able to hold both those opposing ideas at the same time, too right? On the one hand, life is not just. And on the other hand, we could and should, we can and should work towards justice. I was laid off twice in the last year. There ain't nothing just about that. <laughs> However, once I've done this interior work on myself, I can make it through relatively unscathed because I I'm prepared. I'm not weighed down by the shame or guilt that's haunted these sort of happenings in the past for me. Um, other lessons I've learned include wear comfortable shoes at all times and feed your staff well. I love it. Some deep thoughts there and some great ones that really do make a difference, but don't make you laugh at the same time. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, thank you, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we always need a little dose of laughter. That's right. All right. Hopefully you're wearing comfy shoes today. Girl, I always wear them. I'm kind of known for them. I wear, I wear Chuck type shoes. Mm -hmm. Every day, even with my dress clothes. Love it. That's how I roll. Love it. Mm -hmm. You ready for some rapid fire questions? Oh, Lord. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. Yes. Okay. Here's the rules. Got to answer them as quickly as possible. First thing that comes to mind. You ready for it? Okay. <laughs> you got it, Abby. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first one. So we at Evolve, we stand for disrupting leadership. So Abby, how would you redefine leadership? Leadership is not about leading others. It's about first leading yourself. You can't even think about handling others until you can handle yourself. Thank you. Okay, describe your perfect leader. <laughs> she's brave. She's imperfect. She loves and takes care of herself. And she has a really, really good sense of humor. 
All right. And what does emotional intelligence mean to you? Emotional intelligence means taking the time and effort and being brave enough to know yourself, acknowledging uh, where you excel and where you fall short. So you know how to be in relationship with others. It requires courage, uh, patience, and tons of grace. How do you use personality assessments? In keeping with the know thyself better leader sort of theme, uh, I use them to know myself better. They are, of course, really useful when you are um, working with when there's when there's friction in your team to kind of know maybe where are those where are those points where you guys are sticking. Um, so that's really important. Also, it helps me know what's valuable to my team members. You know what they value is different than what I value, and I always need to keep in my sights everyone's value system so that we are in unison, working in one accord. Fantastic. And what does a successful team culture look like to you? A successful team culture is, it's one where members feel comfortable asking for what they need to succeed and they're encouraged to contribute to the success of the whole. Man, that's another great soundbite. Okay, and last rapid fire question, where can people find you? Absolutely. Absolutely. They can find me on Facebook at at Half Acre Transitions and on Instagram at at Half Acre TFS. Um, on LinkedIn under Abby Trowbridge. Come and find me. I'd love to talk to you. Perfect. All right, Abby, any takeaways, final advice, etc.? I'm just so grateful to have gotten a chance to take this moment out of my day with you, Erin. Um, it has been such an honor working with you, and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon, my friend. <laughs> Thank you for the work that you do. It, it is vital, and I, I just appreciate you so much. Abby, you're amazing. Thank you. I can't wait to finally get to meet you in person. And <laughs> That's going to happen one day. Oh, it is. I feel it. it. Is. It's going to happen sometime <laughs> soon. Yes. <laughs> We're going to make it happen. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Abby. I really appreciate it. You are absolutely amazing. And I know there are so many people out there that are really going to resonate with your story today. So thank you also for just your vulnerability, your openness to share that story. And you're incredible. If you enjoyed Abby, I know she's already in our app. She's a part of, she is an evolutionary leader and a part of our evolutionary leadership app. So definitely download our app, the Leadership Evolution at the link in the show notes. We are on in the uh, Apple store as well as, or the Apple app store, I should say, as well as Google Play. So find us on there. We provide free resources and a community of evolutionary leaders just like Abby. And if you know of a leader or an organization that would make a good guest, please reach out to us in the app or email us at hello at evolve.vision. That's H-E-L-L-O at E-V-O-L-V-E dot V-I-S-I-O-N. And we want to hear from you. So we love feedback. That's how we know how to continue to provide you with value. So we want to know. We want to. We want to know. We want to know what you think. We want to know how you feel. We want to know. So please make sure to connect with us. And until next time, thank you, evolutionary leaders. Mm -hmm.